The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Last week, as I said, we began a new series called Faith. And last week, I talked about that faith that is driven by hope. We talked about the issue of hope, and I want to talk about that a little bit more today. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, go ahead and go to Acts 3, but Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So, notice today that faith is the substance It's the stuff of things, tangible things showing up in our life. It's tangible evidence of the things that we are hoping for. Now, many people have a wrong understanding about biblical hope. Their belief of hope is just a worldly hope, a wish. Like, oh, I'm just kind of hoping, oh, fingers crossed. Right? But, but they don't understand that biblical hope, in fact, if you put that definition up on the screen for me, is this. It's a confident expectation of good. So today when I'm, when I'm talking about hope, I'm, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm hoping it will happen. God, I'm, I'm praying and I'm, and I'm hoping this is going to happen. Our hope is a confident expectation of good. It's confident. Have you ever been around someone that's confident? They're amazing, aren't they? Because, man, you you can't hardly rattle them because they're confident. They're just settled in who they are. You know, it's amazing that you would think that confidence is is based upon intelligence or good looks. Wouldn't you? But I've been amazed throughout my life some people who honestly weren't that talented. And honestly weren't that good looking. All right? That we're incredibly confident. In fact, I looked at him sometimes and I'm saying like, how on earth can you be so confident? Don't you know you can't sing? Right? It's, a, it's an inner choice. Something that happened on the inside of them. Something that they finally realized. They got to this place where they just became confident. And it's a confident expectation. This, this is what hope is. It's a, we're, we're expecting, and in fact, that's what I'm going to talk about today. We're actually expecting some good things to happen. Now, we understand the reverse of that because too often we get caught up in expecting bad things to happen. But hope is a confident expectation of good. It, it's the blueprint in your, in your mind of God's word operating in your life, of the life that God has for you. So... Now that we're, now we're beginning to understand the purpose and the power in knowing the Word of God. Listen, knowing the Word of God is, is not just some religious checklist that if you do this, then God does this for you. And if you don't do that, God doesn't do that for you. We're, we're beginning to understand the purpose and the power in God's Word. We're now beginning to understand why it's so important that you and I spend time in the Word of God. And when we miss it, we don't beat ourselves up. That activity is not who we are. Who we are is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, therefore we want to get into the word of God to understand the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. All of a sudden it gives us a whole new meaning to the word of God. Suddenly, 
The sports page is not as exciting as the Word of God. Suddenly, the news that you want to turn on in the morning because you got to get caught up on all the world events. Listen, there's so much news available, you can watch it at the end of the day and catch everything that happened. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't go to bed listening to that stuff. But if you needed to, that's when you could do it. First thing in the morning, though, when you get into the Word of God, the Word of God gets into you because now you begin to understand that's where your confidence comes from. It comes from the Word of God. So the Word of God creates a confident expectation of God. What Mama said doesn't create a confident expectation of God. Listen, even what I'm saying doesn't create a confident expectation. It gets you moving towards it, but you still have to say, God, I'm going to receive this word for my life. Lord, I'm, I'm going to get into this word. I'm going to meditate on what Pastor Richie's talking about this week because when, I, when God's speaking through, uh, through me to us, he's talking to us as a body. So this is what God's saying to you and I right now, wherever we're at. So it creates a confident expectation of good. I love the way the Amplified, say there in Acts 3, says, says Hebrews 11, now faith is the assurance, it's the confirmation, the title deed of the things that we hope for. So last week we looked at this definition of hope, a confident expectation of good, and we began to expand it. We looked at the Holman Bible Dictionary. We're not going to do that again, but let me remind you of a couple things. Hope is an earnest, heartfelt expectation. Listen, we don't live by our feelings, but when you begin to get confident, you feel confident. Sometimes, again, you got to fake it till you make it, but the more you begin to understand the promises of God, the more you get confident. It's an earnest, heartfelt expectation with an outstretched neck. It's a sign of anticipation that is confident that something favorable is going to happen to you. It moves you to start looking for it. In other words, the moment you hear about it, you hear a promise from me, you read a promise in God's word, suddenly you've got an outstretched neck going, oh, that is so good, I want some of that for me. You begin to say over your life, it's so favorable for me that I'm not only expecting it to happen, I'm actually preparing for it to happen. Listen, you're no longer planning on bad things to happen to you. We've been around people, all of us have been around people that, man, to listen to them talk, it's like they're always planning on something bad to happen. When you begin to get a hold of the hope that's found in God's word, you're no longer planning on bad things to happen because hope has changed your plans. What hope does is it rearranges and it changes your plans. You thought you were going to go broke, but hope rearranged your plans. You thought that person in your life would never change, but hope rearranged your plans, probably because hope changed you. Amen? You thought you were going to always be sick, that hey, this has happened in my family forever, but hope rearranged your plans. See, this is what happened in our passage today in Acts chapter 3. Listen to this. If, as a church, we can ever get to the place where we're expecting, I mean, it's just we're just expecting it, good things to happen, miracles will start happening all over this church. But if we just come in on Sunday mornings with an apathetic and complacent attitude, okay, Pastor Richie, what have you got for us today? You have a funny joke for me? Are you going to talk about you and your wife again? Because I always enjoy that. <laughs> if we just come in with this complacent attitude, then our lack of hope, our lack of expectation limits what God can do in our lives. Because it's faith, not need, that moves the hand of God. Acts chapter 3, verse 1, it says this. 
Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom had... They laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms from those who had entered the temple. Now, here's a guy that the scripture says was lame from his mother's womb. In other words, he was born that way. And he needed to figure out how is he going to be able to provide for himself so he became a beggar. And he lay daily at the temple called beautiful. And he positioned himself, he's a smart guy, because he positioned himself in a place where there was a lot of foot traffic. A lot of people walking by. So every day someone would take him to this place and here he could ask of alms, which is a financial gift from those passing by. But I want you to notice this. There, there, that he was there because he had an expectation to receive alms. If he didn't think he was going to receive alms, do you think he would have went? No. He was there because he had an expectation to receive alms. Verse 3. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Now, why is he there? To ask for alms. So what does he do? Ask for alms. Verse 4. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, look at us. In other words, get your attention off of what you're doing and look at us. Verse 5. So he gave them his attention, expecting... To receive something from them. Now look at this again. He gave them his attention. Now why does he do that? Because he is expecting to receive something from them. In other words, he got his hope out there on receiving something from them. Because they had said, look at us. They had acknowledged him. He, he recognizes that when people are about ready to do something for him, they typically acknowledge him. Get your attention off receiving alms. This is what Peter's saying to him. Get your attention off what you can do in your own strength. That's a great word for you and I today. We need to get our attention off of our own strength, what we can do. And Peter said, and look at us. The man looked at them expecting to receive something from them. He had an outstretched neck expecting to receive something from them. Are you all seeing this? What do you think would happen if we started coming to church on Sundays with an outstretched neck, expecting every Sunday to receive something from God? What would happen if in our quiet time with the Lord, as we got into the Word of God and the Word of God is getting into us, we had an outstretched neck expecting God to do what He says He's going to do and what He's already done in His Word? Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Let me say that again. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. When you expect a favorable outcome, it's because you have confidence in God's word and in God's plan. When you have hope with a favorable expectation of good, then your faith has something to attach to. It attaches to God's promises. And so you don't let your thoughts and feelings go any way they want to go. Because you'll find that many times your thoughts and feelings will go in a way that's different than what the Word of God says. But you lock your expectation on God's love and on His goodness. You don't allow doubt, fear, and unbelief to dictate and drive your life. So, let me ask you a question today. And by the way, it's rhetorical. Within yourself, answer this question. What is your expectation? 
What is your expectation this morning? What is the expectation for your life? See, what's your expectation in the situation that you're walking through right now? What's, the, what's your expectation in the midst of the storm? What's your expectation in spite of what the doctor said or what the banker said? What's your next stretch towards the problem or the promise? See, nothing just happens. Listen to this. Nothing just happens. Some of you are still praying to God when God has already told you in his word to start speaking to the mountains. Some of you keep talking to God about how big your problems are, and God is saying it's time for you to start talking to the mountains about how big your God is. And see, be uprooted and be cast into the sea. Listen, God won't override the free will that he's given you. You're going to have to decide what's going to happen in your life. What should happen is we should go to the Word of God, find out what the Word of God says about anything that we're going through. We should get our hope, our expectation on what we're believing for from the Word of God. So what I expect is not what the world is saying. What I expect is what the Word is saying. Listen, and when you operate like this, people will think you're crazy. They will. I'm just telling you. Just let me let, give you a heads up. They'll think you're illogical. They'll think you're crazy. It's like when God changed Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham. Abraham meant the father of many nations, even though they didn't have any children. Can you imagine Sarah calling out to him all the time, father of many nations, come on in. All the neighbors were thinking that woman has lost it, man. She is crazy. So what I'm expecting is what the word says. Not what the world says. That's where I place my hope. So if I get my neck outstretched expecting to receive, I'm not sure how God is actually going to do it, but something good is going to happen to me. I can tell you from experience because I've gotten my neck outstretched when I didn't understand how God was going to do it, and some good things have been happening to me. If you can just start expecting to receive something come to church expecting to receive something something good is going to happen to you listen something good is just about ready to happen to you oh pastor Richie, i don't know if that's really true flew right on by you but i'll say it again give you a chance to grab a hold of it something good is just about ready to happen to you yeah i'll take some of that for me Man, something good is just about ready to happen to me today. See, but we need to start stirring up some expectation. Because it's our level of expectation that really reveals our level of faith. Well, the Lord knows what I need, and if he wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. That's not how it works. God won't force his goodness on you. God isn't moved by our need. Now he's touched by our need. He cares about our need, but he's moved by faith. And what is faith? It's the substance of things hoped for even before the evidence of the thing that we are actually praying and believing God for shows up in our life. So what are you believing God for? What are your expectations as related to his promises? Are you willing to exercise your faith to receive it? See, too many Christians don't do anything about God's promises for them. They hear them in this this is kind of a Sunday morning thing, a checklist thing, and they don't really meditate on the Word of God. They're not digging into the Word of God, holding on to the Word of God. They say things like, well, the Lord knows. What does that mean? <laughs> of course He knows. 
Well, the Lord is able. Well, of course he's able. He spoke the world into existence. Listen, he's just looking for you to start expecting something. See, when the creator of the universe gets involved in your something, something good is just about ready to happen to you. And listen, when God starts filling those expectations that you have, he just doesn't fill our expectations to the top or close to the top. What God does is he gives a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, spilling over, over and above. When we bring him our empty bucket of faith, of the thing that we're wanting to receive, watch out, overflow is about ready to happen. Because God will keep pouring, he'll keep pouring, and he'll keep pouring. But see, too often God can't pour things into our lives because we aren't bringing him anything that he can pour something into. Seriously, not a thing. See, that's what our faith is. It's coming to God with an expectation, seeing Something for him to pour his promises or his blessings into. Because if we're not careful, we can find ourselves walking around with no real expectations on God. We can allow the enemy to disappoint us about God so much that we don't really expect anything from God anymore. See, we're not really believing God for anything in particular. Even though we have needs, our, our thought process is, you know what, I don't really want to be presumptuous on God. Listen to this. God doesn't think it's presumptuous for you to believe him for something that he has already promised for you. If he's already promised you in his word, it's not presumptuous for you to think, well, that didn't really apply to me or, or that does apply to me. That's not presumptuous. He calls it faith. See, the question is, what are you hoping for? What is your expectation? What are you believing God for? That's why when we get up in the morning, we have to start declaring the goodness of God over our lives. Listen, you can't wait just to get here on Sunday to make these declarations. Every morning, you need to get up and declare the promises of God over your life. Like Pam did this morning with Psalms 103. Throw that up there, guys. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Listen, when we're going into a time of worship, I can tell sometimes when I've forgotten about the benefits of God because I'm kind of, a, oh, okay, yeah, let's worship God. But man, when I'm remembering his benefits, it's like, oh, God, thank you. All this in heaven too, right? Forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's? Telling you, start declaring those promises in the morning, and man, faith will begin to rise up, and you'll attach your hope to the promises found in God's word. That's what my expectation looks like. God who heals all my disease, He's forgiven me of all my iniquities. He's renewing my youth. This man, this year, I'm celebrating my 10th anniversary of being 41. It's awesome. God's renewing my youth. So, what are you hoping for? Listen, seriously, listen to me this morning. What are you hoping for? Not, oh, I'm kind of hoping. No, what is your confident expectation about what God's promised you? What are you believing for? Well, Pastor Richie, I really don't have anything. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Listen, don't get mad at God because you're not seeing results when you're not expecting to see any results. 
You have to exercise your faith. You have to be hoping and expecting that God will do what he says he will do. Listen, I know that there are challenges to our faith. There are. Sometimes, man, things didn't work out the way that I thought. Things didn't happen. I don't understand sometimes why that happens. But listen, that's why it's imperative for us to keep hope alive. Don't let the enemy steal your hope because something didn't work out the way that you thought. The person didn't respond right. Something, you're you're still waiting on something. Because if hope dies, faith dies too. Well, this person that I'm married to is always acting like such an idiot. So what are you expecting? Listen, God doesn't tell us to call the thing that is. God's word tells us to call the things that are not as though they were. Listen, when God spoke light into existence, he spoke what he wanted to see, not what he saw. If God would have said, oh, it's so dark, it would have gotten darker. But God said, let there be light. Poof. Light. Do you know what God was doing? When he called those things that are not as though that he, though, not as, as though they were, he was putting his hope out there. God wasn't thinking, oh, I'm just sure hoping this light's going to show up because I'm really going to look embarrassed if I call out for light and it doesn't happen. Can I tell you, that's one of the reasons why we're afraid to pray because we might feel, we might get embarrassed. The biggest challenge I face when I'm preaching to you is because I know in your life, some of your lives there's some things that happened that we were believing God for and things didn't happen. And the enemy comes up and he says, don't say that because so-and-so's here and you know they just walked through this. Listen, we got to declare what the word of God says. we got to put our hope in God because ultimately, ultimately, my hope is in who God is, not in what God does for me because I know that he's good. I know it in my knower. Listen, I don't just kind of intellectually know it and it kind of waffles and wavers. I know it in my knower that God is good, that he loves me. And if God's not ever wanting to protect me or watch out for me, I'm totally good with that. Because if that's what God wants, that's what I want. How, do I, how did I get to that place? By declaring all the time over my life, God, I thank you that you're so good. God, I thank you that you love me so much. God, I thank you that you love me so unconditionally. In the moment of my biggest failures, when I have to get back up and the devil's bringing condemnation, fear into my life, I immediately start declaring, God, I thank you today that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am this way because of you, not because of me. And it creates a confident expectation of good in my life. My hope is in God. So God was putting his hope out there. See, this understanding of hope We can kind of blaze through it, yeah, it kind of seems like an insignificant thing, yet it's powerful to you and I living the life of faith. That's why we're here talking about the life of faith and the part that hope plays in the life of faith. We have to start expecting something. Say it again, we have to start expecting something. So this guy in Acts 3 gets his hope out there, and he's expecting to receive something, Verse 6, so then Peter said, silver and gold. And I imagine the moment he said that, he's like, woohoo, jackpot, right? Silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Listen, the man was looking for a fish, but Peter was about to give him the ability to fish, to provide for himself, to take care of himself. 
Peter was saying, I'm about ready to give you something that money can't buy. Listen, we can get in shape, but money can't buy health. I'm about ready to give you something money can't buy, but because you have an outstretched neck, rise up and walk. Now watch this. Verse 7, and he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. Now, I've read this before, but I never noticed that. I thought he just said walk, and the man jumped up and started walking. But this man needed a little help. Can I tell you, from time to time, you and I need a little help. Sometimes we're the one down, and we need somebody to come over and say, rise up and walk. Let me give you a little bit of help today. So Peter reached out and grabbed him by the hand, and the Bible says, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. This is interesting. Watch this. And what I see is that Peter had an expectation also. Peter and John were expecting just as much as this man was expecting. Listen, that's why it's important for you and I to hang out with some people of faith. That's why it's important for you and I to spend some time with some people who have hope. So whether you're lifting someone up and you're saying, I'm expecting God to do something, so I'm going to lift you up. Or you need to be lifted up, and you're saying, I'm expecting God to do something, but I'm going to let you lift me up. You're both in agreement, and you're both expecting God to do the same thing. Because your expectation is something that you're putting your hope in Christ Jesus. And look what happened in the life of this lame man. Look at what happened in the life of Peter and John when their expectations met God showed up in a supernatural way. Can I tell you, there's going to be some Sundays when you gather together in church. There's going to be some weeks when you're gathered together in your connect group and you're going there and you've got high expectations. God's done some great things in your life and you are believing God for supernatural things and you're going to be able to pray for people. You're going to be able to be the one reaching down and lifting people up. But there's also going to come some times when you're going to walk in and you're barely going to be able to make it. In fact, it took everything in your power to actually get here. And you're coming here and you're laying down and someone's going to come up to you and they're going to say, let me help you up. Because the God I serve is a God of more than enough. And whatever it is that you're going through, whatever it is that you're dealing with, my God is more than able. Listen, this promise is generational. Let me, let me say that again. This promise is generational. You may not have had somebody pouring this into your life, but you get the opportunity to understand this so that you can pour this into your children's life, your family's life, your extended family, your friends, your neighbors, your church family. When their expectations met, God showed up in a supernatural way. Can I tell you, that's why there were so many miracles in the early church, because their expectation level was high. They were always expecting God to do something. So let me close this morning and ask you, what are you expecting God to do? Think about it just for a moment. Something that you're walking through, something that you need. What are you hoping for? What are you believing God for that will only work out if God does it? See, that's the mountain-moving kind of faith that we need to operate in. It's the hope and confidence that every promise we find in the Word of God is made available to you, child of God. Not because you qualified by your behavior or by right pedigree, right financial standing, whatever, but simply because you've qualified because of what Jesus has already done for you. 
You're hidden in Christ Jesus. Knowing that you're a child of God, what are you expecting God to do? This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts,